You're listening to the Australian Water Association podcast series. I'm Ellen Fanning and I'm joined by Christina Campbell. Christina is an Associate Director in KPMG's Engineering and Asset Management Practice and she's talking today about a project she did, a paper she wrote called Capital Investment Decision-Making Approaches and Tools. Lovely to be talking to you, Christina. No, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. So KPMG was commissioned by the Water Services Association of Australia to do a piece of work. What were you asked to do? So we were asked to work with a number of different utilities. Well, there was 26 members, WASA members who were participating in the study to identify how they could improve their practices specifically around capital investment. Um, There's some key themes that they were really keen to unpack um, around the variations in approach between those different utilities. We had large metropolitan businesses, small metropolitan businesses, regional utilities as well. So there's a lot of nuance and approach across the industry that they were observing. Uh, And to understand, well, how could the different approaches be improved, taking into account that nuance uh, to actually improve some specific issues like uh, investing across different asset classes. So how do you actually prioritise when you're investing across different asset classes or across different business drivers? The review really evaluated practices from Australian and international asset-intensive organisations. What were you looking for? Was it just to identify best practice or or equally to identify what you didn't want to do? We certainly wanted to understand what some of the challenges were of implementing different approaches. And there was a really strong perception in the industry that uh, the UK water utilities had more mature approaches, particularly probably driven by increased regulatory scrutiny in the area Uh, and the power industry was also identified as being an industry that potentially had more maturity so what we wanted to achieve was basically an understanding of what was it that they were actually implementing that was different to the Australian water industry Um, and not just what was good about it but also what were the challenges of some of those implementation processes you know we're talking about a lot of data uh, potentially technology platforms which are always a little bit complex and a little bit difficult to implement so how could australian water utilities really understand the approaches that were being taken outside of the industry and implement what was right for size for them there was a day of intensive workshops representatives from each utility and you write that you were trying to identify existing pain points and kind of understand um, future trends, but you were also trying to come up with uh, success criteria and really uh, challenge people to answer that question. Well, what does success look like? How did that unfold? Yeah, so feeding into that intensive workshop, we actually conducted a survey to get some initial insights into uh, pain points, approaches, and some of the nuance across the industry. Uh, And then on the actual day, something that uh, was quite insightful was we broke everybody up into groups. So we we started to think about, well, who have we actually got represented across these 26 different utilities? How can we start to actually develop some, some common groups where there may be some common pain points that would differentiate between the participants a little bit? So we broke them up into metro and regional and into large and small. So we had four different groups. And we used those groups to really flesh out Uh, what their individual challenges were and then came back as a group to compare and contrast to see what was common across the industry and where there was actually some differentiation in challenges um, depending on those those key factors and some really interesting things came out of that in particular the small metropolitan uh, utilities were the ones that were being most heavily impacted by by cost impacts or by um, cost pressures from customers due to 
say, low um, ability to actually leverage economies of scale compared to their larger larger utilities. Um, the next um, fascinating part of the process was identifying these case studies. Now, what were you looking for and how did, how did that develop out of that initial workshop? Yeah, so we used a number of different approaches to actually identify who was potentially doing things well. As I said, there was this really strong perception that the UK was, was really leading the way. So we were keen to engage with a number of utilities in the UK and actually to understand some of the differences in approach that they were taking over there. And in particular, how that was probably being driven by the different regulatory environment. Uh, we leveraged asset uh, investment I'm sorry, asset investment platform providers to actually uh, access some of those different utilities. Uh, and we also use some of our I guess, internal contacts and um, the firms globally to access some of those utilities as well. Uh, so it was really driven by wanting to understand, well, how do we get a range of different ideas on what's going on in this space that was representative of those different customer groups that we actually identified so small large metro regional. So we wanted to really understand and build solutions that were fit for purpose for different different utility types. And then we wanted to touch on those different industries to really understand, well, where do we see the Australian water industry going based on what we can learn from those industries? And so I guess then you had a choice. You could you could take the information you had from the workshop, you could take the case studies and you could just skip to developing a set of findings and recommendations, but you didn't do that. You took the opportunity to feed back what you'd figured out about the case studies back to the utilities. Now, why did you go back on yourself like that? Well, we're really keen to actually test out and understand, does this resonate with you? Um, as I said, there's different challenges. Uh, maybe those challenges aren't actually applicable in the Australian market. You know, maybe maybe we are different. Um, so to really test out and understand what is it here that could actually be practical, and I think that was a really key focus of the engagement, was around developing solutions that are practical, that resonated with people, that they could actually see how they could implement, implement them and how they could gain benefit from them. We worked really closely uh, with, a, with the project team throughout the, the engagement, which I think was probably one of the reasons that it was, it was a successful outcome. Um, and that, that project team was built of people from a really you know, geographically dispersed and also uh, various you know, size and uh, utilities with different operating challenges. And I think that being able to actually really test out some of these theories, some of them quite abstract things like we've got the um, six capitals was a potential you know, improvement opportunity. So being able to, which is quite an abstract theory around, you know, how you actually define what is capital, how do you um, actually say monetize some things like environment or sustainability. So being able to actually really play those back with people who are hands-on in this field, who are very practical and who are really thinking about how they can implement it on the ground, gave us a really good opportunity, I think, to develop something that was tangible, that could be of immediate benefit to the utilities who are being represented. Um, and so that, then you came to, to findings and you identified, I guess in part because you had um, you know, such a large group of clients to try and answer to, large and small, regional and metropolitan, you identified these two trends. Take me through the first one, which is um, a, around implementing more integrated processes. 
Yeah, so one of the key challenges that we were, we were trying to actually deal with or find a solution for was around how do you take really different uh, investment options uh, so for different business objective outcomes, for different asset classes, you know, how do you determine whether you want to invest in, say, an underground pipe or a bit of IT software? How do you do that in a way that's fair, that's equitable, that's driven by better business outcomes um, without being, say, as personality-led? And um, one of the key things around how to actually do that was to have a common assessment criteria. So it was moving towards uh, processes that regardless of what the information going in was, whether it was expert opinion, whether it was actually quite evidence-based data, that were consistent across the business. And then the second uh, sort of broader trend that you coalesced around was adopting quantitative evaluation techniques. Now, what does that mean for such a range of different utilities? Yeah, so it's something that really emerged in the, the power industry, particularly actually in the UK power industry, uh, and as opposed to, say, the integrated processes, um, a lot of them were actually taking, say, an individual asset class and starting off there to understand what it would look like and then expanding it out through to, through to the rest of the business. So the idea of these quantitative processes is that you're actually starting to develop metrics, which may, you know, there's a bit, a bit of a scale between a full qualitative assessment and a, and a full quantitative evidence-based assessment, but starting to use expert opinion to inform models of how to, how do assets degrade, what's the impact of those failures. So this is where some of that really great data on customer impact can come in. So how do you actually start to quantify the impact of, say, an outage on a customer uh, and the associated, say, benefits value criteria that go along with that, sorry, benefits valuation that go, that go along with that. Um, so that you can actually start to make decisions that you remove some of the subjectivity uh, from from that decision. So again, you get towards more of an equitable, fair, customer-based and, and values-driven outcome. There's a really clear acknowledgement at the end of the paper that these sorts of findings are necessarily subjective and that there are elements uh, in terms of leadership and change management practices within an individual organisation that will kind of dictate how successfully they can implement new approaches. Talk me through that. One of the interesting things that really emerged from this for us was that it was quite difficult to actually understand the costs, a quantified version of the costs and benefits associated with some of these initiatives when they were implemented in utilities. So they were being potentially delivered internally. Uh, the actual resource required or the resource that had been used up to deliver them wasn't known and the benefit wasn't necessarily being quantified. So it was actually, there was actually a need to take a, say, qualitative approach to actually understanding the cost benefit of each of the initiatives. Um, but in terms of the actual value that they provide to an organisation and the ability an organisation has to actually implement it, that was dependent on a number of different factors. So first and foremost, really, the appetite for change in the organisation was really, really key. A common theme that was identified in the ability for an initiative to be successfully delivered, um, given that for some of these we're talking about really big IT projects or we're talking about projects that have a significant impact on how the how the business operates and you know a really key capability around capital investment, which is you know it was fundamental to an asset intensive organisation. So for that to happen successfully and sustainably and effectively in the long term, uh, leadership support from leadership 
was really, really key, and that was ongoing support. One of the, the constant themes that emerged around why these initiatives weren't successfully delivered was that there, say, had been a change in leadership, so it had gone from being a priority initiative to not a priority initiative and therefore lost that drive and that support. But as well as that, you're relying really on devolved ownership of, of asset information, of uh, the, and the consistent application of these quite complex processes across the organisation. So there really needs to be that ground up support, ground up ownership and ground up belief in the in the processes that have been developed. So for that to happen, that sort of leadership top down approach that's supported by really good ground up support of the process, it was really key that the organisation did see the initiatives as a priority and there was an appetite to change. As well as that, uh, depending on what the organisational challenges were, the different objectives, there was uh, really different requirements around, well, what does, what does the next step look like for us? So what can we actually, what are we ready to actually achieve based on our existing maturity? And for some organisations that potentially were coming from a lower maturity, some of these solutions wouldn't have been right for them. They wouldn't have delivered value because they say didn't have the asset information to actually support the process or they didn't yet have the internal capability to really understand and implement effectively uh, the process to get the right outcomes. So we're really keen to take a nuanced approach to actually uh, detailing, well, what could a next step look like for your organisation? And again, it comes back to those different challenges. For some organisations, say the, the smaller metros, cost was a really big factor. Whereas for larger organisations, so the cost of actually implementing, say, some of these different approaches, uh, for larger organisations, they had the economy of scale it was less of a factor. It was more about optimising the overarching cost of their capital program, which would get up into the multiple millions of dollars. Fascinating work. And um, you must be very nimble to be able to um, talk to all those various different utilities, come to an understanding um, of their needs and really help them along with that process. Thank you so much for telling me about it. Christina Campbell, Associate Director in KPMG's Engineering and Asset Management Practice. Lovely to be speaking with you. No, thanks, Helen. Lovely to speak to you as well.